<laughs> so we're gonna welcome you to our mini <laughs> Um And what are we talking about today, Jenny? What are we gonna talk about? I have something very important to talk about. Oh, what? Okay. <laughs> Like I thought you were gonna introduce like our theme. I've got something more important to talk <laughs> like, about than the theme. Oh, you do? It, what, is, what is it? Today, on this day of recording, is <gasps> Doris's oh birthday. <laughs> and for those that don't know, Doris <laughs> is my dog and also the official mascot of the Drunk Art Review team. And if you go to our Twitter, you can see glorious photos of her with her birthday cake and in her birthday badge. And because I am that crazy lady who bought my dog two birthday cakes, there we go. But anyway, oh my. <laughs> Oh my god, I saw the pictures, like, I was just looking through them, I was just like, oh my god, this is the best thing ever. And she, you gave her two cakes, which I'm very proud of. I'm proud of for you. I'm, I'm that in level of insane. I'm just going to turn my camera so I can see you more I while say, I, I lean to my microphone. There we go. Oh, I, all I was getting was your uh, ear, uh, your headphones. So beautiful, glorious. That's not, that wasn't sufficient enough for me, I wanted your whole face. My beautiful, <laughs> But yeah, face. what are we actually talking about today? The actual theme. <laughs> for this month and this mini-sode is Neon, because it is someone else's birthday this month and they chose the theme. Who could that be, Rosie? I, 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 I think it's me. I think it's me turning 31. Oh my <laughs> God. She's going to be as old Can as me. Can you believe? I, uh, I mean, I don't think we look. Like, I think we're very deceptive with how old we look. Like, I still get ID'd, like, everywhere. Literally, <laughs> the other day, I got ID'd for a scratch card. You have to be 16 to buy those. And I know I had a mask on, but seriously. <laughs> and then, also, ibuprofen. Really? What? Really? Yeah. I always just, it's just the hard liquor for me. Like, <laughs> they're like, are you sure you want this? And I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> and I'm like, I just need some ibuprofen and a scratch card. Like a little old granny, that, you know, goes to the corner shop and buys a scratch card and some yeah, painkillers. Yeah. And they're like, you old enough to buy this? And I'm like, you fucking kidding me? I, I know I'm wearing a mask. <laughs> I know my face is beautiful. And all them expensive creams I use are working. <laughs> it's like magic, magic putty that I put on my face. That makes me young, like a witch, using a baby's blood. Yeah, it's an extract of a rare flower that you can only find in a full moon in the deepest, darkest Amazonian forest. <laughs> no, that's all bullshit. I use scientifically proven results, guys. Don't even get me started on skincare. We'll be here for another three hours. But we're not going to talk about skincare. No, we're <laughs> no, not going to talk, talk about skincare. Neon. We're going to talk about neon because Rosie <laughs> loves neon. I know, yeah. We said we weren't going to go on tangents. It's <laughs> only been a really quick episode. It's been a three-minute tangent. We're okay. Oh, oh, is it? Okay, alright. We're fine. Alright. It's only because I know I have to edit this tonight. I'm like, oh my god, okay, now, oh, what's the time? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, you, you're gonna, you're gonna talk about some facts, right? Yeah, so we, <laughs> we did like an impromptu, well, it wasn't impromptu for us because we planned it, but we did a live while we were in Blackpool <laughs> to introduce the theme, and mm -hmm. we got to do the live together, which was lovely, because normally we're on a split screen. Um, I know, that was so fun. Yeah, a bit like our, our actual impromptu live when we did a recording when we were together. That was good fun too. Mm -hmm. That was great. I didn't edit like one thing in that. So that was pure, raw, uncut, uncut, <laughs> uncut, <laughs> uncut drunk art review, which was great. I think it had elements of when we first started it. So that Just was like real fun. Pure chaos. Mm -hmm. And the best of it is, like, partway through, you would be like, oh, you're going to edit this out, right, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to edit this out, but then you're still in the recording. Love it. Love it. <laughs> well, the whole time I was listening, I was, like, listening to us saying that, and I was just like, nope, <laughs> nope, <laughs> nope. Just going to 
leave everything in. Oh, why not? It was worth it. I really, I mean, really, I really enjoyed if it. If there's anywhere for that, it's the mini sodes because these are pure anarchic chaos back like the old days. I was going to say, well, we'll see how uh, deluded I sound soon because I. I shut all my windows and I turned off my fan and I shut my doors. She's going to get heat stroke <laughs> halfway through recording. Cooking. She's just going to cook herself <laughs> like a baked potato. I know. I can see the rain outside and I'm just like, oh, please. It's like being like, I don't know, in a submarine or in the, in the aquatic center or something. Just be like, I just need to be in the water. <laughs> but oh yeah, oh yeah, I got, I got the flannel though. Oh, the flannel's keeping me cool. Just moisten, mm. moisten my lips with a damp towel, darling. <laughs> makes me feel like one of those um either like one of those really dainty ladies who uses like the the napkin over there it's like oh oh i need to dab away my sweat or the really like hunky men who are like oh or like at the diet like rubbing it off it yeah or even like in those sort of old um uh like uh, expedition movies mm. where they're like they they wrap they they get their scarf and they're like wiping themselves with it i'm like oh the mummy. <laughs> oh, Brendan I mean, we, we all know that that's a sexual wow. preference right there. <laughs> anyway, we went off on a tangent again. Um, live. So in the live, we spoke sort of briefly about the theme, didn't we? Introducing it, sort of a little bit of facts mm-hmm. and figures, what yeah. we like, that kind of thing. And I'm just going to kind of go over and go a little bit more in depth, sort of the origins of neon, what neon actually is. Those kinds of like the technical mm-hmm. aspects of what defines oh, as neon. <laughs> Because, you know, if we're going to chat about something, we've got to think about it in that sense, too. Because art is linked to many different things. Yeah, we need the fo- the foundations. It's mm. a good thing to look at. I think people think of art as frivolous sometimes. And it is sometimes. It's wonderfully frivolous. And why not? I hate it when people are like, oh, it's frivolous. Why enjoy it? Why not enjoy it if it's frivolous? But sometimes, as we've said before, art is, you know, based on history and science and current events super important things to our well-being so it's important sometimes to go back and look at that i just want to give the viewers a, the viewers the listeners a, a view of what i'm actually watching rose is just toweling her face as i'm chatting away to her a little rosy cheeks while she bakes <laughs> Looks away. like i've got a white beard <laughs> you look like santa right now with a big white bushy beard oh it feels so good tell me more about neon darling so give me some facts so Chemists William Ramsey of Scotland and Maurice Travers of England discovered neon in 1898. And this was according to chemical... Wait, what? Who? Why did I write that bit? Wait, was this a, was this a Scottish and English endeavour? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. So, you know, these two chemists. So Ramsey had previously discovered argon in 1894 and he was the first to isolate... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah and he was the first to isolate helium in 1895 as well. Ramsey named the newfound element neon and that was based on the Greek word neos, which means new, which I think we spoke about in the live, but I just, you know, thought I'd reiterate it for anyone who didn't tune in. When I was, uh, when I was doing my research as well, like, because I was like, what does neo mean? Neo is new as well. That is just... It's, it's, so neos and new uh, and, and neo are all the it's all it's all the same. It's like new, 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 new. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just taking a big deep breath because I'm chatting away and I'm not breathing. I've just realised. Anyway, so neon is found in very small traces in both the Earth's atmosphere and the Earth's crust. It can be produced commercially from liquid air through a process called fractional distillation. And neon Ooh. is much is a much more common element in the stars and is the fifth most abundant element in the universe. So even though it's the fifth most abundant 
fifth most abundant <laughs> element in the universe. There's relatively small amounts of like organic neon traces in our crust and atmosphere, which is why it has to be then produced commercially through this liquid air process. Oh, so it like sucks it out of the air and then like produces, like kind of like woo, puts it into like a a, a, a glowing I mean, form. What I really should have done is get my uh, chemist friend Charlotte on here who could have explained fractional <laughs> distillation to us um, because she's a genius. Thanks, Charlotte. I had to do this. Actually, me and Rosie were out drunk once in London and I was questioning whether whiskey mixed with kombucha would defect Oh my God, you messaged kombucha. her, didn't you? Like, and I messaged her and she was like, nah, it should be fine. Like, it's great having a chemist <laughs> friend, you know. We should have her do like a segment on the main episode just to like explain what neon is. <laughs> And she'd just be like, what the fuck are these two on about? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so the largest use of neon gas is advertising signs. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of what we use it for. It's also used to make high voltage, they're, they're, they're high voltage indicators and is combined with helium to make helium neon lasers. Lasers! <laughs> lasers. So not only is it used for funky ass signs, we can make lasers neon. It's great. You know, liquid neon is used as a cryogenic refrigerant. Neon is highly inert and forms no known compounds, although there is some evidence that it could form a compound with fluorine. That's debatable. My sciencey friends, you can, listeners, <laughs> if you know whether that compound is even possible, show me some science, but break it down for me in layman's terms. It's like, ah, yes, I, I'm not sure. I'll just push up my glasses here. I'm not sure I understand any of that, but... <laughs> Take take these snakes and lay them out straight for me. <laughs> so, neon colours. What we think of as neon colours. They're often called fluorescent colours, mm-hmm. and at their base, they're extremely bright lights. Neon, like all colours, are visual representations of light. Mm-hmm. Because we discussed again in the live that neon doesn't essentially emit a light. It's not like when you turn a light bulb oh, on yeah. and light floods the room. It's not like light beams. It glows, doesn't mm-hmm. it? So it's a different kind of thing. So it's like a reputa- representation. So they're best described as extremely luminescent versions of primary and secondary colours. They can only be chemically created. They're not something that's included in the traditional colour spectrum. because And they weren't discovered until the last century. So when you look at a colour chart, mm-hmm. like the true, true neon colours don't tend to feature. I mean, we get super bright, almost neon colours in colour charts just because... I think nowadays we add more and more into these colour charts, but I think like the basic original colour charts, you know, like our more simplistic versions, they're not tended to be included in there. And as I say, they can only be created chemically. We don't find these colours technically in nature because Mm. they're meant to be glowing in that sense. There's some, uh, oh, because I went to the Science Museum, right? And they had some space rock, Mm. which was amazing. Um, Well, space rock, I mean, like, uh, it's like from Earth. I mean, we're we're technically a, a spacey planet, anyway. Um, and uh, they have like natural. <laughs> was it a meteor that fell, or I can't remember what it was. Um, but it was just like naturally occur- occurring uh, fluorescence within certain types mm. of like um, rock and uh, um, not algae because it's not alive, but it's like it it it's something. And one of them like uh, once the lights are out, like glowed. Obviously, charges up from the light, and then uh, it glows uh, purple. And the other one was green. And I was just like, oh, it's so pretty. So it does, it does obviously like uh, occur naturally, um, often underground, uh, <laughs> where there's lots of rock and stuff, um, where the sun actually doesn't get to it. But I think then we'd be di- diverging into the the whole what's the difference between 
neon and bioluminescence. Ah, there which we I go. will go into slightly. <laughs> you know, we're kind of like band them all together. And I mean, I'm quite happy for them to all, as long as they're glowing and they're pretty. Don't mm-hmm. care, love yeah. them. So it is important for us to all know that while artists have been utilising neon paint and pigments since their creation, the large majority of this is not documented as sort of neon art because generally neon art is considered neon lighting. Mm-hmm. So when you Google, for example, when I was doing research for these episodes and things for the story, most of the things that come up when you search neon art are neon art signs rather than neon paintings, mm-hmm. which there are once you start delving a little bit deeper. So we're trying to make sure that we cover all our bases here. Wait for the main episode, folks. It's so funny. I think we were basically going to say like the same thing, but like in different ways. <laughs> No, no, no. I have got some cool-ass artists to talk about in the main oh, episode. Oh, I'm excited. Come on, then. <laughs> mm. Make sure you tune in for that one, folks. So, kind of relating to neon, so phosphorescent paint is commonly called glow-in-the-dark paint, and it's made from phosphors such as silver-activated zinc sulfide or doped stronone... I can say this. Or doped strong... <laughs> Jesus Christ, I need a drink to pronounce this. Doped strontium aluminate, and it glows typically a pale green to greenish-blue colour. So... What we think of as like glow in the dark and neon are different compounds essentially. Mm. I mean, they kind of do the same thing when you look at them because you know they're both these emitting a glow, but their chemical makeup is different, and that's where the difference is. Yeah. When we talk about glow in the dark things that seem to emit like a luminescence and technical neon. I mean, I kind of look at them all as like a similar effect. They all glow, but if we're breaking it down and being really fucking nitty picky about greedy about it, you know, and we're not. We're not going to do that because we can't be bothered, but that's the essential (laughs) difference. So the mechanism for producing light is similar to that of fluorescent paint. It's the emission of visible light persists long after it has been exposed to light. So like you were saying about the moon rocks, exposes to light, and that's the difference. So it it will still continue to emit. Phosphorescent paints have a sustained glow which lasts up to 12 hours after exposure to light, fading over time. While I was looking into these, and it slightly diverges slightly off of our neon topic, but it's still really interesting, and I'm sure people have heard of um, these before, and if they haven't, it's a really you know interesting thing to go and read it about. So radioluminescent paint is a self-luminous paint which consists of small amounts of a radioactive isotope, <laughs> radionuclide, mixed with a radioluminescent phosphor chemical. Is that healthy to be around? <laughs> well... I don't know if you've ever heard of, I believe they're called the Radium Girls. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So the radioisotope continually decays, emitting radiation particles which strike molecules off the phosphor, exciting them to emit visible light. The isotopes selected are typically strong emitters of better radiation, preferred since this radiation will not penetrate the enclosure. Radioluminescent paints will glow without exposure to light until the radioactive isotope has decayed, or the phosphor degrades, which may be many years. So these were super popular mm-hmm. back in the day. I mean, you know, oh, we're talking, yeah. I don't know, 10s, is it 20s maybe around that time? 30s, that kind of time. Yeah, yeah, 20s, 30s, I can't remember the... If you don't know about the Radium Girls, basically they were painting watch faces. So mm-hmm. instead of using a phosphorescent paint, which is obviously a safe version, they were using a radioluminescent paint. <laughs> and they would paint these tiny numbers on a watch face that would glow in the dark and it would be very effective because you know once the it was in that little encased thing yeah yeah you know it wasn't considered to be dangerous because it's such a low level of radium but doing thousands of watches these women were working directly with it but not only that to get a fine tip on their paintbrush mm-hmm. 
they would lick the tip of their paintbrush between each dip in the paint. So they were basically ingesting radium. And there was this whole thing about whether the companies were like, no, no, it's not the radium mm. that's doing this. But these women's faces were literally like rotting away. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. I just thought that was a really interesting thing to include because people might not know about it. And because they were weighed up as well, like they're weighed up between like um, going to work and earning the money and doing this work or not having a job at all. So they were like torn between the two ideas of that, which is just like so, so obscene. Our history is obscene sometimes. I mean, a lot of history is like that though, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. equivocally, we could equate it to like what's been going on in the pandemic. People are too, you know, they have to go to work to earn money. Mm-hmm because they're not getting sick leave, but then if they go to work, they have this potential of passing on an illness. So even now it's like echoing that, but throughout history, things like this have happened. But I thought it was a really interesting thing to include because I am fast, you know, it's one of those things that I already knew of. I yeah, was fascinated yeah, by yeah. in like a really grotesque, <laughs> how could this happen way. But yeah, so that's kind of like a little bit of science, science to neon, you know, how it was mm-hmm. discovered, you know, talking about the types of paints that we use and that type of thing, you know, just a little bit, of, you know, mixing it up with the science and the art. It's good info to have. Yeah. Well, you know, science and arts, they've always been magic, you know? One and the same. That's where they cross over. Magic. (laughs) Magic. Well, shall I... Shall I... uh, I mean, I I had some thoughts on on Neon. Shall I tell them to you? Do you now? Go on, delve in. I'm fascinated. (laughs) So, like like you saying, and this is why I said it, I was like, what I noticed a lot with the theme Neon um, researching the artists, that is. Um, other than books and billboards and graffiti, the art of neon is predominantly uh, within words, like with mm. installations and things like that. Every artist I have found uh, either uses the neon to frame a space, or illustrate a space even, or use the neon piping to illuminate words, mantras, literature or poetry. So it seems to be the one place, other than perhaps comics, where the words become the art. They are all about evoking further power to the words, um, which you can't really deny as neon only glows its brightest when the backdrop is black or dark, you know, sort of in a dark alleyway or a dark space or when the lights, you know, when sun sets. It's always encouraging a physical experience. Um, You have to walk around the light, be enveloped with it or observe it, you know. We're drawn to neon because there's a quality to it unlike anything else we use daily. I mean, it glows, that's what we were talking about. And as humans, we, we seem to be fascinated by things that yeah. glow. I mean, take for example, fairy lights. We love fairy lights. And it just, anything that twinkles, like mm-hmm. water, diamonds, we just have a fascination with things that glow and twinkle. I know, it's like magic, something otherworldly, like a precious energy, I suppose. And it's visible and touchable and attainable by us. We're like moths to the light, really, aren't we? <laughs> Or magpies, the shiny objects, or goblins with gold. <laughs> um, we're always drawn to that which we can't quite describe. And I think that's that's what it is, you know. If you imagine seeing the neon colours uh, when you never experienced anything like that before, can you imagine? I mean, it would be otherworldly. So I kind of feel like neon is a visual hypnosis for us. It's peaceful, yet exciting like fresh air in our lungs and brain, (laughs) just because it is so magical and different and otherworldly. So there are some artists that I want to show you, so I'll quickly send you over the the link that I've got. Have you got WhatsApp open? I'll send over WhatsApp. I do. (laughs) Listeners, what is happening now? Rosie is sending me a WhatsApp link so I can have a nosy 
Okay, so some neon artists. I wonder if this is a magazine that a magazine. If this is a oh yes, I was having a look at this article <laughs> when I was looking yeah, for people yeah, to yeah. post on our yeah. on um, Instagram. So there's a few that I found from uh, the, the the magazine Sleek, um, but the first one I found was called Open Field, uh, made in 2000 by James Turrell, which immediately made me think of an updated version of Rothko's Chapel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. see where you're coming yeah. from, definitely. Um, it's essentially a door to another world. Um, neon has a holy quality to it within this piece, and especially when it frames a section of a wall like this, there is something about the unbelievable to it. You know, it's kind of, uh, it's transcending space, and I think light does that a lot of the time. There was another one as well that I found within this uh, article, and that was called Threshold, made in 2009 by Ivan Navarro. And that also has this quality with a row of doors, all with neon rims disappearing into the black of a castle-like wall. Mm. Can you see on the image? Yeah, it's one of my favourite ones. I just want to open the doors and go in. I just want to like go and play in there. They look amazing. But it also looks almost like an infinity mirror. They do, like... But it kind of, um, it distorts as well because you're not, you're not seeing yourself. You're not seeing your own reflection. You're only seeing this infinity into nothing. And then, of course, if you scroll down further, there's Laddie John Dill's Contained Radiance Idaho. And that even shares this holy, unseen quality too. It's a collection of mountains, Idaho, I presume, just because of the name, with beams of light running from peak to peak to peak. And these are like energy lines in the planet, which harks back to this idea of neon being this chemical and the, you know this compound that's made from our, our stars and dust and all that. That's actually one of my favorite pieces on the page when I was looking at them for artists to share. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just beautiful. Also, Bruce Nauman, who's also on this page, I think we um, spoke about his work previously when we did written word artwork. Wait, which one was that? Uh, Bruce Nauman. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we've mentioned his work before. I mean, yonks ago. It's when we were doing um, Art in Words, Words mm -hmm. in Art, yeah. that episode. I can't remember if you spoke about him in the episode or if I spoke about him on the feed, but we've definitely featured him before. <laughs> we definitely had him up, I remember now. Then, of course, you have all the words that I mentioned before that are, you know, made with the neon way of making art, <laughs> um, which are obviously all installations because neon has to be. You you can't really experience that luminescence through an image as you would when you were standing next to it. And one I liked was by Robert Mon Montgomery in 2012. If you scroll down, you'll see it. And it's mm -hmm. an installation that reads, the strange new music of the crying songs of the people we left behind mixing as your boat touches stone here as my new bones touch yours. I didn't say it without any punctuation because it doesn't have any, it's all in capitals. Um, and poetry is another holy, beautiful, intangible thing we often feel, instead of academically, understand. Neon statements are beautiful enough to be eloquent as they break rules. So it's like breaking the rules of poetry, breaking the rules of, you know, literature, because they're not using punctuation, they're, they're using all capitals. They're just saying the words that are the most prevalent. It's breaking rules. And it will always be a special event when neon art is created. It's words on walls in traditional places that would never have them. You know, they're, they're in places that would never receive artwork. You know, it's like, it's always going to be a special event. It won't go unseen. So they break the convention that makes us step out of the rules of reality a little bit. 
and they encourage our mind to roam in new areas because we're seeing something in a place that we wouldn't expect to see it. So yeah, you can you can see why I love neon. It's pushing it's pushing boundaries which you wouldn't expect, um, and they do it really playfully as well. I think there's a real playfulness about using neon to speak how we want to mm. say things. You know, like I mean, the last one on here, and I'm not a huge fan of Tracy Yemen, but the last one on here is it's just a a very crass. Um, a neon sign saying people like you need to fuck people like me and it's just like you can you can have this really holy essence to it uh, with like the poetry and everything and then you just have like these scrolls of little words that are so much more human as well you know like the poetry and those they're, 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 they're just as human you know and I think like having it done in neon brings a whole other like wonderful otherworldly element to it we're just drawn to them like we're drawn to other people, you know. So mm. yeah, that that was they, those are my thoughts on neon. <laughs> oh, I love a bit of neon. You know what I'm like about light displays and I know anything. me too. Oh. I'm always like trying to find installations and things to go to where there's lights and neons and mm. twinkles, and I just like to be immersed in something that's magical for half an hour. Well, that's it. it it's the immersion, um, and I think I. Because I, I told you about who I wanted to talk about, but then didn't. The artist Max Cooper, who's like that musician. Well, he's a DJ, essentially. He like oh, yeah. scores music and makes like rhythms and everything. Anyway, like he, I think he did like a show at the Royal Albert Hall. And basically it's just him on the stage at the little, little DJ set. And then all around him are these amazing light displays. Just like him for an hour and a half. And everyone in the audience is just like, wow because they're there experiencing and they're, they're within the, the work. And you know, that's what we love. And I guess it'll be, it's a little bit as well like um, the Van Gogh experience. Which I am going to. Yeah, I'm really tempted to buy tickets because they've got some for the, the, the Kensington show, obviously that thing that you're gonna go to. And um, that's uh, just by, in Hyde Park. I can't remember when mine's gonna be, but it's not until <laughs> November. Oh, okay. Uh, well, they've got one in Hyde Park at the moment. I walked past it the other day and I was like, oh, what is that? I didn't realise it was here. I think it's so pretty. So I, I kind of want to get tickets just, just to walk through it and be surrounded by those wonderful colours. Yeah. I think we kind of forget really, like, the, the main thing that we think of with neon is colour. It's, it's colour and we want to be surrounded by it and we're drawn to it. We're little moths. That's what I say. If you want to like go and have like a magical experience and just be literally surrounded by neon, then both me and Rosie can highly recommend God's Own Junkyard in London. Like, beautiful place. Like, Absolutely. Incredible. If you want to just be like immersed in what neon is about, just go hang out there. They've got like a little bar and a little place where you can grab some food. Mm -hmm. Super cool to hang out. Yeah, it feels like a little mini festival actually because it's just like this mm. uh, this garage where they where they have all the signs and these signs are like within film and like you know throughout history and they're like you know in movies and I just said that anyway uh, but outside they've got like a little sort of festival area where you can get food and sit down and talk to other people and get like cider which is very nice yeah there's like a gin brewery gin and a brewery next door as well that supplies and them. we saw a fox when yeah, we were there weren't we <laughs> hmm? we saw a fox when we were there last time Oh yeah, when we were on the way out, I was like, yeah. there's a fox on that wall. <laughs> Just like waltzing along with a bag of chips that it had found. <laughs> I know, it was like 10 foot up. up. I was like, wow, how'd you get there? Um, but yeah, I, I definitely recommend God's Own Junkyard too. Fabulous place. 
Great for a photo shoot. Me and Rosie took some beautiful photos while we were there. <laughs> yeah, but you, you're not allowed to like take a big camera. You have to just take them on your phone. If you have a big camera, then you have to pay for a photo shoot, <laughs> which oh, yeah, makes, that sense. makes sense. It's their business. Mm -hmm. It's their yeah. business, you know, because people do use them for the for magazines and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she just spaced out. <laughs> we, we're gonna we're gonna sign off so that we can record our uh, our main episode now. <laughs> so Rosie is slowly baking like a little baked potato in her room. Have I, have and I slowly I'm turned red because I feel very weird. yeah. You're you're that you're like that flushed pink color you go when you've been drinking, and I'm. <laughs> I'm just away with the fairies and like low energy because I've been decorating solidly for three days and I'm absolutely yeah. knackered in this heat. But like, we're just going to keep recording for the next episode. That's the troopers. Yeah, we've got some great stuff coming. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll see you in a bit. <laughs> yeah, so you better fucking listen to that one as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll see you soon, guys. Bye. <laughs>